BibleTalk.tv presents The Tabernacle. It was the beginning of a new era, the birth of a nation, and a structure referred to in the Bible as the Tabernacle. It was a moment in history, a moment of both physical and spiritual importance. It became part of the Hebrew nation around 1450 B.C., just three months after escaping Egyptian captivity. It would become the centerpiece of the Hebrew religion for 500 years until it was replaced by Solomon's temple in 960 B.C. It was a very special place designed by God himself on behalf of his Hebrew children. It was the most special and expensive tent of meeting in antiquity. Here, God would be in contact with mankind in a manner not yet seen. It would be richly symbolic in the truths regarding God and allow fellowship with Him and His chosen people. It was a precursor of the permanent heavenly temple. In the third chapter of Genesis, the Bible declares that sin entered into the world through the temptation and disobedience of Adam and Eve, and with it, the penalty of death. Genesis 3, 6, and 7. God had made man with the ability to choose, choose to obey and live, or choose sin and suffer the consequences of death. However, the all-knowing Creator had pre-planned a provision should man choose unwisely. God created an escape plan designed before creation to restore the relationship where God and man could engage spiritually despite man's guilt on the account of sin. The punishment for sin, which was death, eternal separation from God and explained by Paul in Romans 6.23, would be paid for, and thus sin could be totally forgiven as God's justice was satisfied. God slowly revealed his plan for salvation to mankind to various chosen servants throughout history until it was completely revealed and fulfilled by His divine Son, Jesus Christ, the God-man. One of these most important servants was Moses, who was called to become the first leader of God's people. As they were transformed from slavery in Egypt by a powerful king to a nation of God, delivered miraculously from bondage in order to inherit the land of their own, promised by God, to their forefathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Among other things, God also began to reveal to Moses, his servant, the part his people would play in bringing God's plan to realization. That's found in Hebrews 8.4. The Lord God implemented a regulated set of laws on Mount Sinai. Through these laws, a new nation would develop known as the Israelites. God would organize and consecrate his people, setting them apart from all other nations. At the same time, the Lord would be preparing His redemption plan, which would bring the Messiah, the Savior, through His chosen people, the Israelites. Their religion and culture would prepare the world not only for the appearance of the Messiah, but would also foreshadow the manner in which He would bring salvation to the world. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph, John 1, 45. The tabernacle was a tangible yet mysterious evidence of God's desire to stay with his people. 
God could not associate with mankind because of its sinfulness. This tent of meeting would serve as an example of God's desire to dwell with man and provide a glimpse of the indwelling of his spirit, which would be offered at the coming of the Messiah. The tabernacle would be a portable location for the exercise of fellowship between the Creator and his people. The tabernacle and the sacrificial system would be a tutor to bring us to Christ. Galatians 3, 24, 25. However, mankind was not yet ready, not yet ready to comprehend God's plan for salvation. It needed to be implemented in stages, and the beginning of this revelation was the building of the tabernacle. Everything, including the materials for the tabernacle's construction, the priesthood, the sacrifices, offerings, and special feasts are recorded in the Old Testament. The symbolism types and antitypes, as well as the shadows and the law were given in the Old Testament. There are a total of 39 books referred to as the Old Testament by Christians and the Hebrew Bible by Jews. The first five books are called the Pentateuch, meaning five books. They're also referred to as the Torah. All the information about Exodus and the tabernacle as well as the Ark of the Covenant and the law are contained in the Pentateuch. There are 17 other books that fall into the historical category. An additional five books are the works of poetry, and 17 books are considered prophetical. For the most part, the Old Testament and the tabernacle itself are often taken for granted by many Christians today. They think that it was only relevant to the Jews, and with this archaic language and strange rituals, claim that it doesn't really pertain to us today. However, careful examination can unlock hidden scriptural and spiritual treasures. Everything in the Old Testament points to the cross, and everything in the New Testament looks back to the promise of the cross in the Old Testament. The tabernacle was important to God and man. Scriptures verify this. For example, The creation unfolds in just two chapters in the book of Genesis. In direct contrast, the Bible mentions the sanctuary or the tabernacle, its furnitures and worship instructions in 50 different places of Scripture. When God repeats, it must be important. It has been identified by many names. The tabernacle or tent of testimony, the tent of witness, the tent or tabernacle of the congregation, and the sanctuary. In the book of Exodus, it's mentioned 13 times. In Leviticus, 10 times. In Numbers, 13 times. In Deuteronomy, twice. And in Hebrews, four times. God must have thought it important since he emphasized it in so many places. And if it is important to God, it should, therefore, be an important concern for man. The law and the tabernacle would accomplish similar goals, not to place a burden on the Israelites, but to show the absolute authority of God, to make known that the only way for man to come to God was on his terms and none other. God would accept no excuses as he expected complete obedience. Both the law and the tabernacle revealed sin to mankind 
and look forward to a future solution that would be brought into the world through the Messiah. After ten generations of bondage, God, through Moses, led the children of Israel from Egypt to the base of Mount Sinai. God had provided both food and water in a barren desert for the people, even turning back the waters of the Red Sea so they could cross on dry land to escape Pharaoh's army, which ultimately drowned when Moses sent the sea back to its normal location. God knew that his people were in need of spiritual nourishment as well as their physical requirements. We read that God calls Moses to come up Mount Sinai in order to receive instructions for the journey to the promised land, in addition to the law, the plan for the tabernacle, the sacrifices he would now require, and the ordinances and observations. Moses then returned to find Hebrews involved in idolatry and worshiping a golden calf, along with other despicable behavior. In anger, Moses breaks the stones containing the commandments. After dealing with Aaron and the people, Moses returns to be with God at the top of Mount Sinai. On this occasion, Moses is given another set of commandments as well as the layout and material needs for the tabernacle, the ark, and the other objects that will complete the tabernacle complex. They shall make me a sanctuary, and I will dwell among them. You must make the tabernacle and all its furnishings following the plans that I am showing you. God instructed Moses in Exodus 25, 8 and 9. God always expects the best from his people. This would be an expensive project, but God had already given his children the wealth needed to construct the tabernacle and furnishings when the Jews plundered their Egyptian neighbors on the night of their departure from Egypt, Exodus 25, 1-8. When Moses asked the people to donate materials for the tabernacle, they contributed so much that he had to restrain them from giving too much chapter 36, 5, and 7. It would take one year to construct, and it was officially dedicated on the anniversary of the Exodus escape. God instructs Moses to appoint Basileel, Aholiab, and other gifted artisans to whom God had given the Spirit of God in the wisdom and understanding to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, Exodus 36, 1 according to the details of the tabernacle as the Lord had commanded. The tabernacle is the only structure we know of that never needed any addition or alteration throughout its entire existence. It was perfectly complete all through its history. The tabernacle would become the central point of the Hebrew exodus. It was the earthly center of their camp and the venue of their worship. It was also a tangible and visible symbol of God's presence and promise to Israel that he would live among them. It would be the duty of the 12 tribes, with an estimated 2 to 3 million people, to defend and protect the tabernacle throughout their 40 years of wandering. God would appear over the tabernacle as a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The camp would stay in place as long as the cloud was present, and when it left, it was time to move. The cloud provided direction for the people's movement as they would follow it to the next campsite. Without the intervention of God, moving this vast number of people through the desert wilderness, their journey would have been a logistical nightmare. 
The Almighty not only organized the people, but he saw to it that even their shoes and clothing would not wear out for the entire period of wandering in the desert. God said Israel is to assemble under their tribal banners, standards or flags, Numbers 2.2. The banner would be planted and the tribes would camp or march around their individual standards. When camped, the tribes would surround the tabernacle in this manner. On the north side, the tribes of Asher, Dan, and Naphtali. To the east, Issachar, Judah, Zebulun. To the south, Gad, Reuben, Simeon. To the west, Manasseh, Ephraim, and Benjamin. It was estimated that the camp covered approximately 10 square miles. When the camp moved, they followed God's order. Eastern tribes moved out first, then the southern tribes, followed by the western tribes, and the northern tribes which protected the rear of the procession. It was impossible to identify every stop Israel made in the wilderness, but there are a good number listed in the 33rd chapter of the Old Testament book of Numbers. The tribe of Levi, marching in the center, was assigned the task of being caretakers for the tabernacle. Aaron would be given the post of high priest, and his family and the descendants would be the religious leaders of the people. The family of Aaron from the tribe of Levi were given the priesthood in each generation. However, the other families of the tribe of Levi were tasked with the maintenance, transportation, and assistance to the priests in the work of the tabernacle. The sons of Gershon, grandsons of Aaron, oversaw the tabernacle with two carts and four oxen each. They contained the curtains, the coverings, and the hangings of the court. An estimated weight of 660 pounds per cart. The Mirrorites, four wagons and six oxen, as they were to transport the boards, beams, and heavy materials required in the tabernacle itself. Numbers 4, 24 and 31. While the family of Keat, one of the 24 clans descending from Kohath, the second son of Levi, and the grandfather of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, they were commissioned to carry on their shoulders, via provided poles, 440 pounds of tabernacle vessels. Numbers 4, 4. The estimated weight and materials for the boards, bars, wood, pillars, and sockets, and the other materials involved in the tabernacle was estimated to be about seven tons. Throughout history, the Jews seemed to need something to aim or focus their worship. For them, it would be the tabernacle, a sign of deliverance and salvation. For Christians, it would be the foreshadowing of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ.